welcome to Retrospection. In each episode, we pull back the dust covers of an old TV or film show and hope we have the visual equivalent of a comfy sofa rather than an old urine-stained mattress of despair. My name's Colin, and I'm rooting through the bins outside the Twin Pines Mall. And I'm Paul, and I... Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, I've sat on the chocolates again. Soft centres. Relevant comment number two. I'm, I'm doing well, aren't I? Yeah, I, don't, I, like, I like your uh, stained mattress, by the way. <laughs> what? <laughs> can you see yeah. it? <laughs> no, I can smell it. Okay. This time we're venturing through time and space with the non-canon version of Doctor Who, with the first of the two feature films, Doctor Who and the Daleks, from 1965. Yeah, non-canon, that's a bit of a, a, bit of a sore point for me, that. Oh, we'll have to go into that at some point. Yeah. In this one, Doctor Who and his granddaughters, Susan and Barbara, showing Barbara's boyfriend, Ian, the TARDIS, when Ian accidentally activates the time machine and it transports them to a petrified jungle on a world destroyed by an ancient nuclear war, a war fought between the Daleks and the Fowls. It's exciting, isn't it? Mm, this is a Aru Productions, but really is an Amicus production. And the rights for the two feature films were bought for the grand sum of 500 quid. <laughs> Those were the days, eh? Oh, that was considered cheap even then. <laughs> the BBC just didn't know what they had, did they? No, no. The film was released only a couple of years after the series had started, so a lot of the mythos of Doctor Who had yet to be created. So some of the differences in the film from the series are because of this. Mm-hmm. And this is this is pretty much a direct translation of, of the Daleks storyline, isn't it? takes um, some from the first episode of the series, An Unearthly Child, and then elements of the show's second story compressed into 90 minutes. Uh, And in some ways, I think it does it very, very well. It certainly does a better compression job than a lot of other shows we've seen in films. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, the good old uh, Doctor Who six or 12 parters or whatever it is that they used to do back then, you know, with lots of uh, padding. Yeah, there's lots of uh, walking. Yeah, it's nice to lose that. Yeah. And this is the first time that Who had been seen in colour, and of course, in beautiful Techniscope. And as Paul knows, it's a format that uses a two-film perforation negative pull-down instead of the standard far, giving a nice 233 to 1 aspect ratio that can be cropped to 239 to 1 and uses half the amount of a 35mm film stock and standard spherical lenses. (laughs) Who doesn't know that? (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) <laughs> i'm sure all our listeners they're all they're all very you know educated people they they would have known that yeah you're talking down to them now stop it <laughs> do you know the Daleks cost 350 quid each <laughs> why well, well i don't know i just think <laughs> it, it cost 500 quid to buy the rights for both films and each Dalek cost almost as much as the rights for the whole thing <laughs> It wasn't costed very well, was it, this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Those Daleks they used to sell the film by shipping them to different cinemas and presentations around the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the whole Dalek mania kicked off at that point, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, did, um, from what I read, the, um, the BBC ended up using some of these cinema Daleks in, in subsequent TV episodes. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were so much better and sturdier. Wow. The film stars Peter Cushing as Doctor Who, Roy Castle as Ian Chesterton, Jenny Linden as Barbara, 
Roberta Tovey as Susan, and Barry Ingman as Aladdin. That's the one. Yeah. Peter Cushing was chosen as a doctor to help sell the film in the USA. Apparently, William Hartnell was very, very upset, wasn't he? Yeah, but he wasn't known internationally, and of course, he was busy on the TV show anyway. There is that, yeah, but I can kind of see his point. Yeah, was Peter Cushing had worked with Amicus in previous productions. Yes, he'd done he'd done um, Doctor Terror's um, that one, Doctor Terror. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one okay. I mean. No, I'm waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, I think it's called. The one on the train. could just look it up. I could. Wait, wait, it's called Dr. Terror's House of Horrors and it's on a train? I'm sure it's Dr. Terror's... Would you like me to look it up? Are you going to put me on the spot? Yeah, get something right. We can always cut this out and put in so you sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think the listeners by now know that that is not true. Now that is true. <laughs> that's a fact <laughs> there's not many of them in this show but that is a fact Dr. Terror here we go Dr. Terror ah it's called Dr. Terror's House of Horror Horrors okay. Horrors sorry can't get it right even when you're reading it <laughs> but yeah he did that one and um, obviously he did the I, I do know that he did the skull as well that's a good one yes yes now this one Doctor in the Darks is directed by Gordon Fleming, but he wasn't the first choice to helm the film, as it was supposed to be Freddie Francis, who had directed every Amicus film up to this point. But Francis was stuck trying to fix the skull. I can understand that. There were a lot of problems with the skull. I think it had a, yeah. lot, it had a lot of problems in terms of um, the Script. censorship as well, I think. Apparently everything was fixed in the editing. So while Francis was doing that, Fleming was brought in to direct this one. It would have been interesting to see what a Freddie Francis Doctor Who movie was, though, I think. You think it'd be different? Yeah, I mean, he's, he had a certain style, I think, Freddie Francis, wouldn't you say? I, I don't know. I I always think, well, seen as, I guess, because I was going to say, like, I always think Amicus has its own style and directors has been to that, but considering francis had directed every amicus film up to this point then obviously it's francis's style absolutely and of course he's a big hammer guy as well likes hammers (laughs) there were so many possibilities of where you were going to go there (laughs) i know i went for the clean one i I was i thought you were going to mention mc hammer actually oh wow that dated you i know that's before my time oh really yes okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Screenplays by Milton Sabotsky, based on elements from the TV show by Terry Nation, mm-hmm. as we've spoken about a bit. So do you have any other little facts or tidbits about the film, or shall we just get right into it? Oh, only that um, a, a strange one. In, in, in the US, this was released as a double bill with Night of the Living Dead. Ooh, really? That's an odd choice, isn't it? Yeah. A kid's movie yeah. and a horror movie about zombies. Hmm. And... Um, it was also released at the same week that Mary Poppins was released, and apparently Mary Poppins buried it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary Poppins is a good film. It is, it is. But, uh, you, you know, you can't win them all, can you? All right, so let's get started. Go for it. There's the sounds of clocks ticking, and we're in a Victorian-style sitting room. Susan, a young girl, and Barbara, in her 20s, are reading heavy science books. Peter Cushing, who is referred to simply as the grandfather at this point, but we know he's Doctor Who, is reading the Eagle comic. Did you see um, one of the, who one of the books was written by? I think no, it, who was it? Eric Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Should I be impressed? Should I find that funny? 
just a little carry-on thing. Oh, okay. Now, did you used to read the Eagle comic? I did, yes. Dan Durr and the Mekon, yes. Yeah, but yeah. This, was, this would have been back when it came, returned in the early 80s, 82? Oh, yes, and it had things like, um, it had picture strips in it when we used to read it. Doom Lord. Doom Lord, yeah, yeah. They were great. They were. I, I missed those. Eagle back. Oh, yeah. I wish they'd do a omnibus editions of it. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure you can get collections. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to look into it, spend more money. Doing all was great, though. He was just a guy in a, in a cheap costume mask, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. So Ian Chesterton arrives. Ian is Berber's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Ian stumbles in and bangs his head on a grand five o'clock, setting the tone for his klutzy and slapstick performance. Yeah, there's lots of pratfalls from uh, Roy yeah. Castle. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of what he's there for. Yeah, really. I guess he's carrying chocolates. Yes. In the sitting room, Ian is greeted by the doctor, who mistakenly thinks the chocolates are for him, but places them on a chair when he realizes they're not. I've already done the gag. You have, yes, mm. because Ian accidentally sits on the chocolates, and then almost sits on a super ionized electrokinetic preoscillator created by the doctor. Oh, well, we've all done that, haven't we? Yeah. Doing it right now. <laughs> is, that, is that why you've got that look on your face? You always have that look on my face. <laughs> That's because you're always sitting on it. Yes. Oh, hang on. <laughs> At this point, we learn that he is an inventor and he wants to show Ian his latest invention. And he shows Ian the TARDIS in the garden and tells him, I created this. So here we have a first difference from the show. But I'm assuming that the mythos of... The Doctor stealing the TARDIS hadn't been spoken about in the original show at this point. I don't think that they'd mentioned that, no. Um, But they had mentioned the reason why it was shaped like a police box. Because it was it was it was it was camouflage. So why has he why is this doctor who built it looking like a police box? Well, don't they have police boxes in the time of this? Yeah, but film, yeah, but setting. but he he's going to be using it to travel to other times, not his own time, is he? Maybe that's all he could find to house it in. But it's interdimensional. Yeah, but it's got to have a solid farm in. You could have used anything. Why a police box? Why not? What, what I'm saying is, it makes sense in the TV show why it's a police box, right. but not here. Okay. I, I mean, obviously they've kept it because it's iconic, and 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 you know, it's not Doctor Who without the police box, but right. And do you notice they never refer to it as the TARDIS? It's always just referred to as TARDIS. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that but it always sounds weird when I hear it. It sounds like they're all trying to be Narvan all of a sudden. <laughs> get to TARDIS. But no, they was like, let's get in TARDIS. You mean in the TARDIS? No, oh, no, in TARDIS. Why do you do okay. the Northern accent better than me? Because I'm Narvan. Yeah, but so am I. And, and, yeah, and not really. Arguably slightly... South. I think I'm slightly more... I, I still yeah. I still live in the north. Oh, yeah. Across a massive ocean. It's not the same, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so we see that... It's of all course semantics. Seems... You're arguing semantics now. I am? You are, yes. And I'm going to argue okay. some more semantics because every time they refer to him as Doctor Who, it really winds me up. Why? It's like, I know he's called Doctor Who in this movie. Right, that's his name. Yes, yes. But it's just, it, it just, it just feels wrong. It just, okay. I, I just would have preferred these movies if they had 
kept it canon. That's all. Mm-hmm. And not messed around with it. Although you okay. could argue that <laughs> they mess around with it as, just as much nowadays, don't they? So Have they messed around with it, or is it just that the stuff we think of Doctor Who now actually came later than these films? It could be a bit of that, yeah, I think. Yeah, you're probably right there. So Ian steps into the TARDIS, and at this point we have an outside shot of him stepping in. We can clearly see it's just a box. Yeah, it's, it's the uh, classic, it's bigger on the inside routine. Yeah, but when he gets in, the light goes on when he steps in, and you can see Roy Castle inside, and you can see the other <laughs> side of the box. I didn't catch that. You can see the back of the box? Yeah, you can see the <laughs> It's just a box, a white box inside. <laughs> and let's be honest, the inside isn't that impressive either. It's just a bunch of wires and a load of junk. <laughs> with, with a black background around them. It, it's a very odd choice. I mean, was was the TARDIS console interior from the TV show, was it copyrighted that they couldn't use it? Or, or did they just really want to do something different, whereas the one in the show is centred around a console, so this one is all spread around? But it just doesn't feel coherent, does it? I mean, and I miss the roundels. I miss those characters too. <laughs> is that season three? Oh, was yeah. it? <laughs> that was a spin-off show, The Round Rules, wasn't there? Comedy show, I remember it was good. <laughs> Had a great song. Go, great what, what, tune. go on, what was it? Oh, it was it was so good I couldn't give it justice. Can you hum it? No. I bet I bet once it got in your head it went round and round though. <laughs> a genuine joke. Um Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, what what makes me laugh is the film is clearly more expensive than any episode of Doctor Who, but the inside of the TARDIS actually looks cheaper than the TV show. But that could be also because they, they don't spend as much time in it as what they do in the TV show. I mean, even back in the, in those days, there was a lot of scenes with them talking inside the TARDIS. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think even in, in the first season or two, you you saw other rooms in the TARDIS as well. Whereas they spend very little time inside because it's just a transitional thing. That's all it is in this movie. Yeah. So Susan and the Doctor try to explain to Ian how it all works. Barbara enters and hugs Ian. In doing so, Ian, in his klutzy way, falls back and accidentally presses a button. Teddy dematerializes, but the Doctor doesn't know where because no destination was set. Now, I don't remember the sound of the TARDIS. Was it the same one as used in the show? No, no, no. No, This is completely different. No, this is completely different. Ian opens the door to reveal a dead and petrified forest covered in ash. The Doctor is intrigued. Ian would rather go home. Mm Mm-hmm. Susan calls him a coward. Mm Mm-hmm. As she, like a grandfather, wants to investigate. So they make their way through the jungle and Barbara falls behind the others. Barbara. I mean, she's really got nothing to do in this movie at all, has she? She screams. Oh, she screams. She screams a lot. That's about it. Susan <sighs> finds a fossilised pink flower. She shows it to Ian. Barbara screams, as I just said. It's hardly progressive, is it? I don't think we're looking at this film for progressive character descriptions. Yeah, but, I mean, considering when it was made, it was made in the 60s. Ian jumps up and accidentally crushes the flower. They run to Barbara, and it's a ferocious-looking crocodile-type creature. Dragon, isn't it? Is it a dragon? I guess so. Tiny dragon, then. But it doesn't last long, does it? No, because Ian falls over again and crushes it. I think I'm getting a theme here with Ian. Yeah. In the distance, Susan sees a huge city. Is it huge? It's in the distance. Could be a model. (laughs) We've done that gag before. We're doing it again. Yeah. (laughs) 
Barbara thinks something terrible happened here and she wants to leave. Ian agrees with her, but the doctor desires to explore the city. And he gives Susan a wink right in front of the other two. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> giant theatrical winks. I thought, is this a pantomime? Yeah. <laughs> he's right. behind he's... you. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> oh, digressing for a second. Did you hear that uh, Grotbags died today? I didn't. You've given me some news. Yes. Oh. Blast from our childhood. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's quite that's quite sad when I heard. I thought she'd okay. been dead for years. Wait, that didn't sound right, Paul. <laughs> no, I just I, I was quite sad that she Yeah, I can see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you were sad and that she hadn't died earlier. No, 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 no. I was I was happy to hear that she she she'd been alive, but then I was sad that I found out that she died. Okay, so I'll have a quiet little sip for grot bags. Yes. May she enjoy herself in the pink windmill in the sky. With Rod. Again, sounds ruder than it needed to be. Just stay off any roofs. All right. <laughs> was a nice moment ruined. It's a bit of advice. Oh, come on. It's safety first. Health and safety. Come on. Mm. <clears throat> so while they're heading back to the TARDIS, Susan wanders off to look at another flower and she hears a branch snap and something touches her shoulder. She runs into Ian's arms. Nobody else saw anything. Yeah, if this person wants to be a friend, he doesn't go about it the right way, does he? He slaps her really hard on the back. Yeah, it's very creepy. Mm. Back in the TARDIS, they ponder what it may have been when a knocking is heard. The TARDIS' scanner doesn't show anything. Mm-hmm. After Ian's insistence, the Doctor sets the controls for home. Ian is given the honour of pressing the button to send them back, but there's something wrong with the TARDIS. Did you notice what the fluid link was? Mercury. What did it look like? Um... It looked like one of those tubes that you used to get as a kid with water in, and they used to put, like, um, little plastic things in that floated around. Oh, right, right, you shook it. Yeah, I think I've won plenty of fluid links at, uh, at local fairgrounds and things like that. They could have come to me. I'd have, I'd have, I could have sorted them out easy. Yeah, you've given them plenty of fluid. Oh. So you talk about me bringing us, bringing us down to that level. What? <sighs> Carry on. Yes, yeah, so the doctor checks the fault located. It tells him that the fluid link section is malfunctioning. The fluid is indeed running out and needs to be refueled with mercury. That's right. That, that futuristic <laughs> liquid. <laughs> well, in, in all fairness, this doctor is human, remember? He's not a time lord. That's right. Yeah. And they don't have any. So the doctor says they'll have to try the city as it's the only place they'll find some mercury. Mm-hmm. How convenient, doctor. Outside the TARDIS, they see a small black box on the floor. Ian is cautious about picking it up, but Susan, she just blunders in and grabs it. <laughs> now, is it a bomb? Is it drugs? Oh, it's drugs. Yeah, because it's, it's inside the case of little vials of liquid. Susan puts them in the TARDIS, and they venture off to the city. We, we know we're in the 60s when just random people are just giving you drugs. Yeah, and you accept them happily. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'll just put it in the TARDIS. We'll check it out later. Well, doesn't, doesn't the doctor say, oh, I'll make some tests on these when we get home? <laughs> yeah, I bet you oh, will. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure he'll <laughs> mainlining it. Straight in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> when they get to the city, the doctor feels weak, and Ian says he doesn't feel too good either. The mm-hmm. doctor suggests it's the altitude of the city. He also suggests they split up and enter the city on different paths. They should look for a laboratory, as that will have mercury. Uh, hold on, it's the altitude of the city. 
That's what he said, yeah. They're about four foot off the ground, aren't they? <laughs> well, he's suggesting that the... Well, no, the, the ground is higher at that point. You know, it's... You do know how altitude works, right? Well, no... Yeah, but what I'm saying is that this city's perched on on a on a on a mountain, isn't it? But the mountain yes. seems to be only about four foot off the ground. So oh, I, that I gr- thought that's what he was referring to. The no, fact no, that, that they ground, have... but that ground could be high too. <sighs> All right. Everybody enters the city through different sliding doors, except for Ian, whose doors refuse to open. Oh. He knocks. Meanwhile, Barbara wanders down a corridor flanked by pink shower curtains. <laughs> and that's really what they are as well. <laughs> it's a terrible set, right? No, this whole this whole sequence with um with Ian having to sit on the on on, on the the platform to get the doors to open, and then he runs. I got, to the doors. I've got five minutes of material describing it here. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I don't. I, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I I just thought. Wouldn't it be funny if the Darks were watching all this and and there was nothing wrong with the doors and they were just taking the piss out of him? I was going, shut the door now, close the door. Oh, oh. <laughs> They're all crowded around one screen watching it, and every time he does it, it's like, ha, 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 ha. Look, look at that fool. He thinks he's opening the doors. He's not opening the doors. <laughs> what a prick. <laughs> Funniest thing since that party. <laughs> if he wants to get in here, he will need dedication oh dear couldn't even say it with a straight face exterminate me yes please oh hang on (laughs) (laughs) well that's kind of cruel and rude where would i be without you on the streets on the streets yeah probably go on (laughs) so yeah so we got a whole like five minutes of comedy of comedy comedy i was being generous and kind He sits down on this little platform and it makes the doors open and apparently it's the platform that makes him open so then he runs and the door shut before he gets there and he tries to hold the platform down with his hand and so on and so forth. Why build it like that? Why build that one door that does that while all the other doors seem to work perfectly fine when you walk up to them? And how does a Dalek hold it down? <laughs> exactly. This is, my, this is why I'm saying the Daleks, they're just taking the piss. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> Back inside, Barbara's heading deeper into the city, unaware that there are cameras on the walls that look like the eye stalks of Daleks following her every move, are trying to follow her, as in reality they don't move very well. They're more like arthritic eye stalks. <laughs> but they look good, though, don't they? It's a nice, it's a nice it's little a nice thing, cut. but they don't, they don't follow her very well. At least they, they have the little um, spinny light on the end of them, like, like they do in, in modern Who. Right. Did you notice it? I did, yeah. Hmm. That's all I noticed. <laughs> the Doctor and Susan meet back up with Ian. Back inside, Barbara discovers she's trapped, and guess what she does? Ooh, does she possibly scream at this point? Well, she doesn't sit down and try to figure it out. Yes, she screams. Well, she's nothing is not consistent, is she? That's true. She's nothing but consistent. <laughs> she's nothing, nothing but consistent. The others run through the city entrance door that Barbara originally chose, but inside they find a dead end and no Barbara. They exit back outside and decide to try the entrance that Ian was having trouble with. Susan sits on the platform while the Doctor and Ian hold the doors open. She runs and they all get through before the Doctor and Ian are forced to let the doors slide shut. Very dramatic. (laughs) Very. Inside, the Doctor hears something and they head towards the sound. It's a control room. 
with measuring instruments and a Geiger counter that has reached a danger level. Now, this is the Dalek control room. Mm-hmm. It's a nice set, isn't it? It's spacious. It's spacious, yes. They've got one console on one side of the room, nothing else. Again, they don't really do much with the space that they've got. But you're a Dalek. I am, okay. I am, all right. I'm a Dalek. I'm, <laughs> all I'm, right. yeah. I'm, Imagine I'm a you're a Dalek. Imagine I mean, you're a Dalek. You're going to need a lot of space. Hate, hate, hate everything, hate everything, want to conquer. Yeah, okay, I'm a Dalek. Isn't that just you normally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little angrier. A little. Just a little, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you're not going to want a lot of furniture and things around, are you? No, that's true. You're going to bump into it all the time. Oh, so you're saying that it's a perfect set. Yeah, nice, spacious. No, the controls on, on the consoles, they don't make a lot of sense. Are you saying a Dalek could not actually operate the consoles? You've got ticker tape coming out of it. What are they going to do with that? They've got a gun and a sucker. They could read it. Wouldn't be piles and piles of it just mounting up on the floor? Oh, maybe there's a little Dalek with a pair of scissors that comes in every so often, just cuts it. You've either got a sucker, a gun, a claw, or something else that one Dalek has later, which we'll, which we'll discuss when it happens. But there's not a whole lot of choice, really, is there? And one Dalek doesn't have all those things. It's different Daleks have different parts, right? Exactly. And who decides which Dalek gets what? Davros. Yeah, but there's no Davros in this, no, no, is there? No, no Davros. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, that's canon. We're not, we're not in canon. Yeah. Well, I don't know, then. Who does get to decide? Maybe the master Dalek, you know, decides. You go, you're, you're going to get a sucker. Oh, I really wanted a claw. I can have a claw. What can I do with a sucker? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how it works. Oh, maybe you start off with a sucker and you progress to claws. Ah, right. Yeah? Could be, could be. But there's one, there's one Dalek later who gets something extra special. So he must have done really well. Well, it could be that, or they could have made fun of him when he got it. But we'll, we'll talk about it. So they've discovered that there's a dangerous level of radiation on the planet. Ian says they should find Barbara, collect some mercury, and return to TARDIS. The Doctor confesses that there is nothing wrong with TARDIS. He just wanted to explore the city. Well, let's get out of here, says Ian. But they can't. You know why? Because there's still an hour to go for the film. I mean, because it's surrounded by Daleks. They did not see these Daleks sneak up on them. They're pretty quiet. Yeah, but, I mean, they're quite colourful and quite large. You didn't see these out of the corner of their eye? Did you see them? Well, no, because they weren't in the frame of the... It's a, they, this is a movie, they, remember. They, they, then they didn't see them either. Oh, out, oh is that of, how it works? Out oh. of frame, out of mind. Okay, right, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Or okay. not. The Daleks tell him to move ahead and follow directions. Ian tries to run for it, but one of the Daleks blows steam at him. Now, this was originally supposed to be um, flames. Flames, yes. Yes, I read that too. But they, they, they got scared. The, the producers got scared that it would frighten the kiddiewinks. Well, then I was thinking about that, and I was trying to figure out how they would have done this scene if suddenly Ian had gone up in flames. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set Rod Castle on fire. And then later in the film, they're going like, oh, it's okay, he's just, he's just a bit shocked. He'll, he'll be all right in a minute. It's just like, chad. <laughs> it's not going to work, is it? Walk it off, Ian, come on. Stiff yeah. up a lip and everything. But, the, but this, this milk froth steam and whatever it is apparently hurts and knocks Ian down. I assume that the Dalek that did this doubles up as a cappuccino maker. <laughs> well, you know, he's multifunctional, isn't he? The Dalek searches the doctor with his claw. With his claw, yeah. And yeah. removes the fluid link from his jacket. 
Although, I don't know about you, but it just looks like the Dalek is trying to tickle him. <laughs> He's very gingerly doing it, isn't he? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll just go in and get... <laughs> oh, you, you'd love to be tickled by a Dalek, wouldn't you? Who wouldn't? Better than getting steamed by one. <laughs> or sink plunged. <laughs> or sink plunged, yeah. Imagine that. Well, I don't know. It depends where you stuck it. I suppose. And which end? What? what? Which end of the sink plunger? Yes. Well, I'd, I'd like the plunger end, please, if I had a choice. I mean, it's all the same to you. It's Daleks. You don't get a choice. Oh, of course not. Space Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they then herd them along to a cell. Luckily, they find Barbara is already there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The doctor asks the women how they feel, and they say they feel weak and giddy. The doctor explains that the planet must have suffered an atomic war, and that they've been exposed to radiation. Without treatment, there's no hope of survival. But they don't know the Daleks are listening in, aren't they? Well, Daleks have a bit of a chit-chat now with some nice exposition. <laughs> no, I always love love it. I loved it in the TV show when Daleks have a chat with each other. It's just a nice, it's a nice moment, you know, they're all standing there having a fag, you know. So, how are the kids? Oh, they are a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. We we do not have asses. Oh, it's figurative. They have figurative asses. Well, yeah. Don't you? They're intrigued by the fact that the humans have not already <laughs> perished from the radiation. Well, they have to stay in their mechanical contraption. So it seems that the Daleks are organic creatures that have been cased in these mechanical and impractical suits to survive i did like the fact that they refer to the thals as horrible mutations yes but, you know the idea that, that they they see any other life form they they see themselves as perfect don't they right mm-hmm. even though they admit that they've got issues because they can't get out of these suits i think they get over that don't they by the end of the movie though that's true so the Daleks continue to say that if they had whatever was making the humans immune they could leave the city, destroy everybody, and have the planet for themselves. Mm-hmm. They listen in to the prisoners. And the doctor tells the others that he believes the glass vials that were left outside of TARDIS were an anti-radiation drug used by people who are outside of the city. Well, that's what he's telling them. He's going to test it himself later. <laughs> Daleks enter the cell and tell them that one of them must go outside the city. Why, asked the doctor. The Dalek explains that many centuries ago there were two people living on the planet, the Daleks and the Fowls. After a neutronic war, better than the old tronic war, the Daleks moved into the city, protected by the mechanical clothing. Most of the fowls died, but the remainders are monsters and mutants. The Dalek says if they get the drug, they'll give them some. It's the only way they'll survive. Ian is too weak to go, so Susan volunteers. I love the way the, way the Dalek prods, him, prods Susan out the door. He's got his claw extended to its maximum, and he's just pushing her as if to say... Go on, bugger off. <laughs> yeah, maybe she forgot a cue. It could well be. <laughs> He's like, you're supposed to leave. Do it now. Go, go, go. Susan leaves the city and heads back to the TARDIS. Lightning crackles. Mm-hmm. We see the Daleks talking and they now admit that when Susan returns to the city, they won't actually give them any of the drug. They'll just let them die. Mm-hmm. There's a nice use of the full widescreen here with a Dalek on either side. Of the screen. Yes, yes. Very nice. It, Very it's nice. a nice shot. It, it is. is a nice shot. The doctor is suffering and says it's all his fault. Ian tells Barbara that there was nothing wrong with the TARDIS and now the Daleks have taken the fluid link. Susan stumbles through the jungle. Lightning flashes. She runs. She senses somebody watching and shouts, Who's there? She trips and a shadow moves over her. A figure in a purple cloak. It's Liberace. 
I rose Jimmy Savile. Oh, so mine's international, yours is a paedophile. <laughs> oh, come on, he's wearing purple and he's got shiny hair. Liberace. He moves near her. She <laughs> runs and enters the TARDIS. She tries to lock the door of the TARDIS, which appears to be a chain lock. <laughs> well, you know. What? Defend it. Defend this crappy chain lock that this time... Maybe it's relative... got a force field. Maybe, maybe the chain lock's just for show. It's an aesthetic choice, possibly. Well, no, it hasn't, because the door swing open and he steps in. Yeah, there is that, isn't there? Yeah. So it's kind of pointless, really, isn't it? Yeah. He says his name is Aladon, and he's a foul. Yeah, and he's straight from Rada, this guy, isn't he? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it came to make sure they knew how to use the drugs. Oh, they knew how to use them, okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Susan explains what's going on and that she doesn't trust the Daleks. The file gives Susan a second set of the anti-radiation drug and his cloak. He tells her to hide the drug the best she can, and she wraps it in the cloak. She really think the Daleks are not going to see this? Well, she's only a kid at the end of the day, isn't she? Yeah, but she's supposed to be a super smart kid. But only when script demands it. Oh, Okay. Yes, it's Doctor I, Who. I should have tried that growing up. <laughs> Stop being an idiot. Script doesn't demand it. I thought you meant that you should have tried smuggling, smuggling some drugs into the Tardis and into the Dalek stronghold. In my cloak. In your cloak. That In I your purple wore. cloak. My purple cloak. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, mm. maybe a whole different world if I had. Just think what you could be now. Mm-hmm. Susan says the Dalek claimed the fowls were monsters. The fowl replies. If they called us monsters, what must they be like? Which makes no sense because the answer could be beautiful. Yeah, they could be because they're calling you. No, they're calling you monsters because, you know, you're ugly. You're ugly. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> it's a nice line, but you think about it, you're like, well, maybe they're really nice. At the end of the day, no amount of blue rouge is going to uh, mask their ugliness, is it? Really? And you'd know. <laughs> I've got the little boots as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a fa- fashion critique from you in this episode yet. Oh, the, the Thal's costumes are fantastic. I love the fact that they all seem to shop at the same place. Thal's are us. Thalmark. Thalmark. <laughs> Susan returns to... Oh, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Cough it up. Cough it up. Now I'll swallow it. Susan returns <laughs> to the city. <laughs> Susan returns to the city. The Daleks know she's hiding something. She reveals the extra dogs, which the Daleks then go, oh, take that to your friends. Why? Yes. They, weren't they going to kill them? Whoa. No, I've got nothing. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got extra drugs? No, we won't yeah. take the extra drugs. You can have them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Susan doesn't make t- a sense. No, Susan mm. tells the doctor that the fowl said his people live far from here, but their crops have failed, and that's why they've travelled to the city. The fowl says they'd happily give the Daleks the formula for the drug if they would in return give them food. Okay, here's a question for you. How did the fowls make this drug? They have very few clothes, no food, and don't seem very scientific-minded, yet can make an anti-radiation drug, create glass vials, and make it into a nice gift box. Well, I mean, well, I mean... Oh, here we go. This will be good. Don't hold your breath. Um... (laughs) I mean, I mean, what are the fowls essentially? I mean, they're kind of rednecky, aren't they? Can we use a different description? You probably just described half our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> do that again then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choose rural. 
Say rural. Well, the, uh, okay, what are the thals? The thals are kind of rural, aren't they? I mean, they live off the land. Rednecks, that's right. <laughs> they live off the land. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because the 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 rural and 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 they have a they're at one with the environment, that doesn't mean they can't have a nice meth lab down the road somewhere. Probably need a nice meth lab. Well, living there, I mean, have you seen the state of it? That's true. You need something to take your mind off the everyday horrors of the world around you. I know. I mean, it's petrifying, isn't it? Yes, it is. You can have that one. No, thanks. You keep it. (laughs) Okay, it just seemed odd that they don't seem to have anything else that's glass or nicely manufactured, but they just happen to... And do they all keep these glass bottles in these little boxes? Or was this made specially for the doctor and his companions? What, a, a presentation case? Yeah. Oh, that's nice, though, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, they're very clean people. I mean, they're, they're, there's not a, an inch of dirt on their bodies or on their clothes at all, is there? Oh, they like a wash. It must take them a long time to wash that makeup off their face every night before they go to bed. What What makeup? <laughs> oh, is, that, is it natural, is it? All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But the Daleks listening in realise they don't need the formula from the files because Susan has brought them the vials. They can recreate it themselves. They can finally rid themselves of the machines and encase them and move beyond the city. Did you notice that they've got some um, nice lava lamps going on in the background at this point? I did. This is a Dalek with an aesthetic design. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's retro. Well, it wasn't retro then, was it? Yeah. And Dalek's <laughs> like, what do these do? They do nothing. They're just nice to look at. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh. Hold that, on. I, I, I worry about you. <laughs> Get off my case, man. <laughs> yeah, see? All right. So one Dalek comes up with a cunning plan. Go on. They will offer the fowls food, and when they enter the city, they will kill them. A trap. And the Fowls won't suspect anything if Susan writes the message. With a bit of now, a funky pen top as well. She's, well, she, she, she. why would the Fowls believe it's Susan just because she signed it? Plus, it's handy she's there because the Daleks can't pick up a pen. Why do they have pens lying around? <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Why do we have these pens? I do not know. Somebody bought them. Job lot. <laughs> Maybe maybe the pens are laying around from because I mean at one point they used to be sort of people, didn't they? Oh, so these are just pens that still work, but have you know some centuries ago. Good luck with that. I've got pens in the drawer that I bought last week, and they don't work anymore. No. So one Dalek enters the cell and brings food and water and requests Susan, and it's a Dalek with a very posh voice. <laughs> he is rather posh, isn't he? <laughs> It's clearly a step above the other Daleks. He's performing at the National next week. He is, yes, mm-hmm. doing his one-man show. His one-man show. Nobody understands me. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. <laughs> he says they're going to help the Fowls. Ian's puzzled. How did the Daleks know they wanted to help the Fowls? Okay, it's interesting that nobody was puzzled earlier as to how the Daleks knew they had vials of anti-radiation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they're suddenly puzzled. Yeah, you'd think that they'd been keeping tabs on all this, wouldn't you? You think so? Mm-hmm. Susan writes the letters instructed by the Dalek, and in the cell, the Doctor discovers the camera. Yeah, I, li- I like the fact that when um, when she's writing the letter as well, the Daleks are all being nice to her, and then when she gets to the end, they're like, "No, sign it." 
Sign it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I used to be a bank manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate my life. Yeah, some things you just can't let go. <laughs> what is the meaning of it all? I have a sucker. I wanted a claw. <laughs> I'm not good enough for a claw. That's what she told me. <laughs> and she said my sucker was too small. I think I'm average. Sorry. I was going to say something, but I won't. Where are <laughs> yes, <we>? yes. <laughs> Mind your own business. The Dalek reveals <laughs> the plan to Susan about destroying the fowls, which seems like a bad idea to tell her, but okay. Susan surreptitiously pockets the pen. Mm-hmm. Back in the cell, Susan explains everything she was told. She gestures to Ian. He puts her on his shoulders, and Susan uses the pen to disable the camera. We get the first use of exterminate, don't we? We do, because the Daleks realise their prisoners are intelligent and dangerous. But mm-hmm. they won't kill them yet, as for some reason they think they might be useful. They'll just leave them in the cell. Yes, yes. Well, you never know what might crop up in the future. Outside, the fowls wait... In the hippie commune. Yes, which has no glass vials or nice decorative boxes anywhere to be seen. <laughs> In fact, you don't see any of the fowls taking this anti-radiation medicine. Well, they're obviously, you know, they're immune, aren't they? Then why are they still manufacturing the medicine? Because you never know when someone might turn up in a time machine. Good point. A runner returns. <laughs> he found the letter at the gates of the city. Aladon is happy, but one person asks, how can they trust the dialect? But Aladdin says, that was long ago, and now the dogs clearly wish to make friends with them. Yes, he, he replies in exposition, doesn't he? Does. He does. They will go to the city of the Daleks in the morning. Mm-hmm. Back in the cell, Doctor realises that the floor is metal, and that it's how the Daleks move. Barbara points out there's a smell from the Daleks. Ian! <laughs> <laughs> she does. She says, oi, they stink. Oh, you'd stink if you were stuck in that thing all day wouldn't you you would where are you going to go to the toilet <laughs> in that thing yeah I guess Ooh. you're just sitting there in your own waste waste yeah. yes no wonder you're just a blob and no wonder you're angry all the time <laughs> yes <laughs> Ian notices it's the smell you get from dodging cars no all Susan joins him by saying yes it's the smell and the ozone is made by an electric spark Mm-hmm. The doctor deduces that the Daleks must conduct electricity from the floor, and if they could separate them from the source, they would be powerless. This is a bit lame, isn't it? Doctor suggests using the cape that was given to Susan by the file to break <laughs> the connection, because the cape is made of anti-electricity device stuff. They place the cape on the floor and roll the... Plastic. Plastic, yes. Yeah. So the plan... <laughs> <laughs> that, that was what they were going to call plastic anti-electricity device stuff but then they thought so f- you know what maybe plastic's a better so name <laughs> it's a bit more succinct the plan yeah. is to place the cape on the floor and roll the Dalek over it don't these Daleks have brakes you know if someone starts pushing a Dalek can't it suddenly just put the handbrake on well no it's go, uh, <laughs> they never no actually they never seem to have right in anything that we've seen Daleks in no no That's they what, just push them around wherever they want yeah, interesting the worst design ever. It is. Ian jokes about how easy that's going to be. And a Dalek enters with food. When he leaves, they realise they need to blind the Dalek first. Barbara, sticking her hand in her food, says, hmm, she's got an idea. <laughs> it doesn't look pleasant, does it? No, it doesn't. You get a close-up shot of, her, of it in her hand, this food. And, it, I mean, let's face it, it looks like shit, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. 
Maybe it's, maybe that's what the Daleks are doing with their uh, waste. <laughs> maybe they're, they're just giving it to prisoners. Well, they've never had prisoners. Right, so... The, they don't know what to feed them, do they? Daleks like, you'd be amazed. We've got a ton of food back here. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got brown stuff. We've got it's green just stuff. piling up all over the place. Don't know what to do. <laughs> you seem to like it. You can have it. It's all you can eat. Yeah. It's a buffet. Just help yourself. Yeah. Fill your boots. Come on. We have. Get stuck in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have, what have they got boots for? They haven't got feet, have they? they? No, the little aliens inside the Dalek shells have got boots on. They haven't got feet, though. They're blobs, aren't they? No, because you see a clawed hand, a foot, or a hand oh. come out from a clock later on. It, it's just missing his boots. They come off. <laughs> Because they're stuck in the shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so the next time the Dalek delivery service arrives, the door's open, mm-hmm. the Dalek says, Pizza, sorry I'm late. Um, <laughs> Ian quickly sticks something. What does he stick in the door mechanism? He's got a lighter, hasn't he? he when did he have this lighter? It. Where did this come from? And how come the Daleks never took it off him? And the fact that nobody smokes in the film. Again? I've got nothing. It's, it's convenient, <laughs> right? But all right. It's convenient, yeah. Susan takes a food... Although you could argue that it's the 60s and everyone was smoking. You could. Probably Susan was smoking. That's true. <laughs> Maybe it was hers. Right. Maybe they didn't Probably check the her. Probably the doctor was giving you know. her the cigs. Yeah. It's good for your health. <laughs> Have more. Smoke them up. Yeah. Come on. Four at a time. <laughs> yeah. Susan takes the food, door closes, but it can't shut completely and reopens... And this Dalek, who appears to be easily confused by a malfunctioning door, throws a hissy fit and re-enters. I love the way that when he walks through the door and he sees that they're both standing on the other side of him, he kind of looks around at them both quick as if to say, Whoa, what are you doing? Yeah, but he gets really excited. He's like, oh, what's happening with the door? The door won't close. It's like, yeah, door won't close, calm down. Well, he's probably never had anything like this before in his life, has he? Maybe. You know, yeah. everything's boring and runs smoothly in Dalek City. See, I, f- I thought he just reacts like that all the time. He's like, oh, where is the pepper? There's no pepper. <laughs> I can't eat this without pepper. The world will be coming to an end. Exterminate. Like that. That's probably why he gets the food detail. Do you think salt and pepper shakers in Dalek World look like little Daleks? No, I think they look like people. <gasps> oh, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Barbara... Slaps the brown mash food onto the Dalek's eyes, Dark. Yes. Doctor and Ian fight the Dalek and push it over the cape. It stops. Mm-hmm. They take its lid off, which appears to be held together by string. <laughs> and a little, a little catch. A catch, yeah. <laughs> who, who puts the catch on normally when the lid's closed? Yeah, who locks it? Who locks it? There's <laughs> all these Daleks fumbling around with their suckers and their claws. There must be one Dalek at the end, though, that's got nobody to lock his catch, though, because there can't always be somebody there. So he's like, oh, nobody to close my lid. He's just desperately banging himself against the wall, uh, hoping that it closes. No, no lid close, and I have a sucker. Life sucks. <laughs> and I'm standing in my own feces. <laughs> Without my boots on. <laughs> then you see Ian uses a cape to scoop up cleanly the alien inside the Dalek suit. But how did he get the cape when the Dalek is on the cape? Yeah, because wouldn't the Dalek wake up if you rolled the Dalek off the cape? You would think so, right? But they don't mm. seem to. They seem to, like, once they're dead, they're dead, that's it. But it's not dead because it's still alive. Right. 
Yeah, because they chuck it out, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the we see its little hand come out from underneath the cape. It looks like Kermit, doesn't it? Maybe it is. <laughs> or maybe it's not. You're gonna do. You're gonna do a Kermit voice. No, 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 I'm just saying. Maybe it's not actually. The aliens don't look like Kermit. That was just Kermit doing that job, acting job. Oh yes, yes, could be, couldn't yeah, it? Because he must yeah, do all the work yeah. besides the Muppet Show. And, and it's got to be. It's, I mean, work's got to be sparse if you're sparse, sparse, sparse if you're Kermit. <laughs> Right, there's only so many frog rolls, right? <laughs> sort of like, sort of like a French delicacy. Mm. How much do I have today? Mm. Fancy a, oh, fancy a frog roll. They're very Moorish, though. Yeah, yeah, much better than that toad in the hole. But you don't want to get them stuck in your throat, do you? No, no, you don't. I think that's a perfect time for a commercial break. Will Doctor Who escape this time? By Wool's new shape Skyray with double flavors of raspberry and orange. And you get a free color picture card, one of a series showing Doctor Who and the Space Raiders battling with Daleks. Free when you buy Wool's new shape Skyray. Only six months. And we're back from the commercial. So after Ina's taken the insides of the Dalek out, he then reluctantly, and now we know why he's reluctant, climbs into the Dalek's suit. Mm, very easily as well. Yeah. Almost like it was made to house a person. That's true. Strange. Yeah. And we don't even yeah. hear the squishy sounds of him putting his feet in the Dalek's waist. Oh, oh can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some... Oh, oh what's that smell? <laughs> Doctor's like, it's not me. <laughs> I kind of get the impression that Susan doesn't like it in any way. She thinks he's a bit of a clumsy, and she calls him a coward, so maybe not. Mm-hmm. But I don't think mm-hmm. Susan likes anybody. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's like that, yeah. isn't she? So they push the Dalek along, and they meet another Dalek. Inside, Ian, sounding like a Dalek, tells the other one that the prisoners have been taken for questioning. This other Dalek hasn't been informed and seems to be rather annoyed about the whole thing, which reminds me of the scene in Star Wars. Oh, at the uh, the prison. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It does a bit. And why why does he talk with a Dalek voice? Because the the aliens inside the Dalek suits have normal voices. It's just the uh, voice contraption that changes them. But wouldn't it be configured to the physiology of? A Dalek mutant, which is a blob, yeah, with a couple of hands. Yeah, I don't know why he's voice, because because it well, well, it'd be a bit weird if the Dalek went, "Who are you?" Anyway, well, we're just a oh, because you know if it's his normal voice, the other Dalek would be like, <laughs> it, it would have been better if he, if he had to do the voice though, wouldn't it? Oh, he had to pretend like, like we're doing. Mm, yeah, I am a Dalek. Well, you don't sound like one. <laughs> <laughs> really, I am. I've been All ill. Right. <laughs> Something fishy going on here. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been emptied for a week. The bin men are on strike. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have bin men. We killed them all. Do you not remember? Oh, roll away. <laughs> My vision is impaired. I cannot see. <laughs> um. So Susan pretends to run away in his cart. The Dalek offers to help, but Ian tells them no, and they enter a room and the door closes behind them. The Doctor destroys the door mechanism so it can't be reopened. The other Dalek, clearly a stickler for administration, contacts Control <laughs> and realises he's been had. He's not happy, is he? No, he's really annoyed. 
Meanwhile, inside the room, they can't get Ian out of the Dalek suit and they can't get the elevator that's next to them to work. And the now annoyed Daleks start to burn through the door to get at them. Of course, because this is where the other Dalek comes in that I mentioned earlier. Oh, he's got flame, like a blowtorch. Blow yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I just picture this Dalek. He's coming out with the blowtorch. He's going, ah, you all made fun of me when I got the blowtorch, but you're all not laughing now, are you? I don't know. Don't want a Dalek for a blowtorch be useful for like welding pipes and stuff? Well, I would say that why would they use pipes? But then they seem to have water pipes later in the yeah in the movie, don't they? That's true. Yeah, so I suppose yeah yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. get Fred. You, you think that's all he's there he's for? In, they just wheel him yeah, out whenever he's he's in the basement welding. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, we have a job for you. Ooh, what's that? More welding? No, you can burn through a door. Burn through a door. <laughs> you think he comes out, looks at the door, and goes. Ooh, it's going to cost you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did one of these last week. It took forever. <laughs> Put the tea on. <laughs> Where's the paper? Yeah, so Ian says they should leave him, but they refuse. And they managed to get the elevator working because I think, I was a bit confused at this, but is it because the Dalek was accidentally over the elevator a little bit? Yes, I think it was. Okay, yeah. it was I that lame, yeah. like you said. And this, this elevator is not well constructed, is it? Because you can only fit one Dalek in at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not an express elevator. No, no not at all, no. 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 So the Doctor and Susan ride up, and then we have a little bit of trickery because we cut to the outside of the Daleks breaking through the door, mm-hmm. and then they shoot... Ian inside the Dalek, but Ian's not there. He got out, and he got into the lift, and he got onto the second floor in 1.5 seconds. And he's safe. He's safe, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Told you all you need is dedication. The Daleks stare the way up the elevator to kill them, but Ian throws a control panel down the shaft, knocking the elevator out of action. They have to warn the fouls before it's too late, because the fouls... Mm-hmm starting to enter the city with their baskets to collect the food. They're very well-made baskets. They've got them on yokes, haven't they, on their shoulders? Yeah, on yokes. You know, my use of yoke. Yeah, well, where yoke. did that come from? That's what they're called. Is it? They're called yokes, really? aren't they? Are you sh- I'm sure they're called yokes. Oh, make a fool of yourself now with the yoke community. <laughs> no, they're, they're with me. They, they know. Yoke aficionados. Is that what they're called? Yeah, dot com. All right, I'll look it up. Better not be a dirty website. No, don't look it up. The Daleks, the Daleks <laughs> hide and wait for the fowls to enter the control center. Okay, why are the Daleks hiding? Because they want to draw them in, don't they? But the Daleks are supposed to be there. The fowls know there's Daleks there. They're going to Dalek City to collect food from the Daleks. From, from Daleks, yes, there, that is that. There is that, so isn't there? So yes. why hide? Isn't it more suspicious when they enter the control room and go, oh, there's no Daleks here? <laughs> they're all around the corner they're all around the shower curtain sniggering yeah. on. <laughs> but, but, but they could just be out in the open and just go we have your food and people the fowls will go oh great bring it on then why didn't they just feed them you know what they tried to feed the doctor and later I mean that's going to kill you isn't it yeah that's true could have done that and it would have solved the waste <laughs> we have problem. lots of food for you yes <laughs> we have a whole pile back there We've discussed this earlier with others. <laughs> please take it. It's all you no, can please, eat. Please, please, really. 
Yeah, I just don't know. It just shows him hiding, and I think that's just strange. Mm-hmm. The doc- yeah, I can see what you yeah, mean. The doctor yeah. manages mm-hmm. to break through a door into the control center and yells, It's a trap! Just as the Daleks open fire with their steam. The fowls flee the city into the jungle. Doctor and his companions manage to escape with them. So, back at the camp, they have a discussion, and the fowls don't understand why the Daleks want to kill them. The doctor explains that it, it is because you're different, and the Daleks are afraid of anything that is different. Daleks can't be reasoned with, they just want to conquer. Arden's acting, though. He's acting his socks off here, isn't he? Oh, he's really going for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's doing Henry V. Or even Eighth. yes. Well, he's eating a big chicken leg. What can we do? asks Aladon. Why? Fight them, replies the doctor. Alan says we are a peaceful people and see no reason to kill others. He points out that the last war left the planet like this. The doctor wishes he could help, but the fowl says they should leave. The doctor and his companions get back into the TARDIS. Meanwhile, the Daleks have replicated the anti-radiation drug. Suddenly, the doctor realises they don't have the fluid link. How did they forget this? <laughs> yeah. and he tries it about three times as well, doesn't he? Yeah, right. Oh, it's not working. Wait, what was the whole point of us going back in the first place? Ugh. He pl- the thing is, Peter Cushing plays this pu- this this moment so blasé that I kind of thought that maybe he was duping them again for a second. Oh, that he he really wants to encourage the fowls to fight, so these are reasons to go back. Yeah, but then I actually realised, no, 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 they've forgotten about the fluid link that they've left back at the da- the, the Dalek hmm. city. Yeah, let's let's go with your your hmm. idea that he's it's a cunning plan that it that it's a little nice piece of subterfuge. I think that works yeah. better. But the fowls will still not fight. Mm. The Daleks test a drug on some of them and discover they can't use it. The Daleks all act like they're at a rave and then die. <laughs> yes, it's a bad yeah. trip. Like stocks <laughs> waving, blowing whistles. <laughs> they got streamers. <laughs> like that, those, do you remember those neon things you used to like shake? Those neon things and you used to throw them like, blowing whistles. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're yes. all doing that and then they die. Which was, I mean, we're both we're both familiar with rave culture, oh, yeah. aren't we? Manchester nineties, get on. <laughs> wait, get, wait, I think I think the term was get was on it. Nineties, <laughs> yeah, I just missed. Yeah, yeah, I think. Okay. If there's two people less likely to be found in a rave in the nineties, it's us. <laughs> you were too busy watching Beauty and the Beast, and I was too busy watching Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and we were both watching TJ Hooker. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably years after it, you should have been watching it. There's never been a better time for TJ Hooker. Yeah. They won't be able to leave the city. <laughs> Are the suits those poor Daleks? So the Daleks decide to launch another neutron bomb and this will increase the radiation beyond the fowl's ability to withstand it. Even with their drug, they will be wiped out. Does this plan seem off to you? It does, but it seems... It seems very like a Dalek plan, though. Let's blow everything up and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Meanwhile, in the forest, the Doctor talks to Aladdin about the Fowl's culture. He looks at some writings that depict the history of the Fowls. These writings go back half a million years. They're written on a brick. (laughs) They haven't got much to write on, really, have they? A brick. How do they make bricks? Hey, if they can make glass vials and drugs and special display cases, then they (laughs) can do bricks. Yeah, there is that, isn't there? Yeah. And blue eyeliner. Oh, sorry. No, it's the face, that, isn't it? Oh, you'd think they'd invented paper. Well, the Daleks have got paper. Yeah, Susan wrote a note, didn't she? Ah, why have the Daleks got paper? (laughs) Well, it's not like they can wipe anything, is it? It's not like they they can't write, they can't wipe, like you said. 
I guess they need paper mm-hmm. for their ticker tape. Which they can't actually yeah. touch. I'm not sure this makes any yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just occurring to you yeah, now, just isn't now. it? <laughs> so there was a great civilization here once before the war. The doctor mentions that isn't rebuilding the civilization worth fighting for. He points out that the history of the files will end with this generation if they don't fight. But they insist in not fighting. Mm. The doctor gets up and tells Ian to take one of the women to the Daleks in exchange for the fluid link. And he gives one of his theatrical winks to Ian that no one else sees. <laughs> Ian, cleverly noticing the giant wink, grabs a woman. Aladdin gets annoyed and punches Ian. And it's the most theatrical punch I've ever seen in my life. It is, yes. And it's full of drama. Mm. School. <laughs> the doctor says, see, you will fight for something. Mm-hmm. Aladdin realises now that killing is good and clearly now has a first for violence. <laughs> <laughs> and they knock up a plan that involves them... Where, where, they get a map of the Dalek city. <laughs> where did they get this from? Yeah, I... I don't know. Then they reveal there's a dangerous swamp filled with mutations that has killed many people. Yeah. But it's a way through that will surprise the Daleks. So this group will be led by Ian, while another group with no plan whatsoever will be led by the Doctor. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we also learn that the Daleks will explode the neutron bomb in one hour. Mm -hmm. The Daleks realise something's afoot when their scanners pick up movement in the forest. Now, are they always scanning the forest? My guess is that the scanner activates when it detects movement. But... There's mutants in the forest. Movement over a certain speed. <laughs> I'm just winding you up. Go on. <laughs> Movement of things that only have two legs. All right. Meanwhile, okay. one foul doesn't want to go through the swamp because they'll never make it alive. He's told to shut up or it will lower the morale of the others. And the swamp doesn't seem that scary. And Ian decides, I could do the wash. Yeah, why does he d- suddenly decide to do that? <laughs> People have told him, A, swamp is scary, Mutations live in the swamp. And the steam coming off the water. And so he goes, oh, I feel a little grubby. Yeah, I'm going to have a wash. But he sees something in the water, doesn't he? Yeah, it makes him jump back. But they also discover pipes, which must run to the city. Now, do the Daleks need water? Well, someone must wash them down. Who washes them down? <laughs> well, no, there's a giant, like, a Dalek wash. It's like a car wash, and they just drive through it, and it's got, like... All the bristles and the brushes going round and they go through it and the diets are going, oh, 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 that feels good. Like that as they go through and then they come out and there's polish. Do they get wax as well? Yeah, a little wax at the end and then they come out the other side. Do they get a happy ending? (laughs) (laughs) Wax on, wax off. Wax off, yes. But also you've got to point out that someone must paint them different colours. There is that. I mean, there's clearly a hierarchy amongst these Daleks, isn't so there? So there's got to be a Dalek that doesn't have a flamethrower, doesn't have a plunger, doesn't have a claw. He has a paint gun. And he's painting the other Daleks. That's a crappy job, isn't it? How does he get the bottom bits? I mean, that, mean? That, that gun's only going to go, go down so far, isn't it? He can't bend over, can he? No. How's he going to get it? I guess he's got an extra long arm for it. <laughs> Yeah, you've got an answer for everything, haven't you? No, the Daleks do. <laughs> Unless it's rocks or stirs or uh, a piece of cloth that you throw under the... Yes, yes, yeah. and then, then the screw. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of the foul screams, and when they get to the water, they don't find him. Nothing but bubbling. He's been sucked into the bog. He has. Oh, come on, nothing? You're not going to say anything about that? No, no I'm not saying a word. Oh. No. The pipes go up over a cliff, and they'll have to climb the cliff to get over it. Halfway up the cliffside, Barbara panics. What does she do? She screams. Yes, but they manage to pull her up. 
And there's a nice matte painting in the background. Yeah, I thought this as well. And they, they, they use it from multiple angles as well, don't they? It's, it's, I miss a matte painting. You do? Yeah. Yeah. He was a good drawer, Matt. I liked him. <laughs> he don't see him enough anymore. He must be... No. And he must have been, like, really busy at one point because everything was a painting by Matt. There were matte paintings here, matte paintings there in every film. So he was really, really productive. So the Daleks... Have a Nuremberg rally. <laughs> they do. They go all Nazi, don't they? Yeah, and they commit to destroying the fowls. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Ian and the fowls enter a tunnel, and the frightened fowl panics again. But Aladon, with his new Doctor Who-inspired diplomatic skills, punches him. <laughs> the wall of the tunnels collapse, and now they have no choice but to continue. Meanwhile, and you're going to have to help me with this bit, because I must have missed something. The Doctor sees a woman with a mirror, right? Oh, you've missed the cakes. Well, what happened with the cakes? I must have fell asleep. The doctor's, he burns the cakes. He's making cakes. Why is he making cakes? <laughs> Where's he got the stuff to make the cakes? That's what he should be asking. Well, that's true. But isn't he supposed to, we could have got it from the TARDIS. Well, he's got, he's got cake stuff in the TARDIS. Yeah, no mercury in case his fluid link fails, but he's got cake mixture. Right, okay, okay. Well, I mean, he is an old guy, so. But isn't he All supposed right. to be devising a plan to storm the city? But he, maybe he, find, he finds making cakes, you know, therapeutic. Okay. Yeah. Helps All him right. think. So he makes cakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happens next? He sees the woman with a mirror. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What, what happens with that? That think, He thinks of something, right? A plan? Yeah, he thinks that he can um, baffle the Dalek's sensors with the mirrors. Ah. Because, it, because it, it seems that every Thal has got a mirror. But then again, if you're wearing that much makeup, you're going to have a mirror, aren't you? Yeah, you need one to get it on correctly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. But it, but the plan doesn't work anyway, so it's pointless. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I couldn't say. Does he even use the plan? Have oh yeah, noticed? they use the plan. They use the plan. It's just a waste of time, right? It's a waste of time. Yeah, okay. they just get captured. We'll get to that, won't we, uh, yeah. in a minute. But, so yeah. back to the other group. Ian and the fowls jump across a chasm. Mm-hmm. A scurdy fowl jumps and misses the ledge, falling down, but is held by the others on the rope. Mm-hmm. Doctor and his group are approaching the city. But the Daleks are waiting for them, and his mirror plan fails. They try to make their sensors go all wonky, but uh, the Daleks just open up the, the massive rock face, don't they? I'm pretty convinced that the Doctor does not use the term wonky. <laughs> This Doctor might. If you think about it, really, this, he doesn't actually do much through this whole movie, does he? This was going to be in my summary. All right, okay. But the Daleks are waiting for them, and most of the fowls flee. Mm-hmm. Back with Ian, the fowl that fell down the chasm cuts the rope so he won't bring the others down, and they think he's gone. But he managed to somehow magically grab hold of the rock. And it's redemption for him. Yes, because, you know, he was a knob. <laughs> the now captured Doctor and Susan can only watch as the Daleks commence a countdown for launching the bomb. 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 Emboldened, the fowls approach the city again. And the doctor at this point tells the Daleks if they don't explode the bomb, he will give them his time-travelling device and can traverse through the universe. It's not a good move, is it, really? It's not a great plan. Mm. And they don't believe him, but the doctor says, you have a piece of it here, study it, and you will see it's from a complicated machine. And one Dalek says, oh, yeah, hey, I've got it here, hold on. And he goes (laughs) off. Ah, but you could argue that maybe this is the Doctor's plan for them to bring it out so that he could find it. Otherwise, where where would he look? He wouldn't know where to look for it, would he? That's true. That's true. So maybe that's what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Dalek says they will take the machine, examine it, and use it to conquer other planets. The Doctor replies, you won't be able to use it without me. 
And the Daleks say, ooh, work at you, we'll figure it out. <laughs> That's pretty much how it works, isn't it? Yeah. And then we get the good old staple of Doctor Who. We get lots of running up and down corridors, don't we? We do, because Ian and the Fowls get into the city. And the Daleks attack them, and they run away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just thinking the Daleks really don't look good when they have to move fast, do they? No, they don't. They wobble a lot. <laughs> yeah. You can just picture the guy inside sitting on his little bench, frantically yeah. pushing along with his feet. They're designed for beauty, <laughs> not for speed. And we all? As they're about to be exterminated, other fowls from the returning group manage to pull the Dalek away and send it down an elevator shaft. They turn two Daleks against each other, and a Dalek versus fowl fight breaks out. It's big punch-up time. Yeah, so there's a big fight that goes into the control room. The Doctor alerts Ian to the countdown. Ian draws the attention of the Daleks and they fire at him. He ducks and the guns destroy the control centre. The countdown stops with three seconds to go. And somehow, all the Daleks are dead. Well, they've cut the power, haven't they? And that kills them all. Well, haven't we established that they run on the electricity that runs on the floor? Yes. So so this explosion stopped the countdown and mm-hmm. also stopped all the power for the whole... City. Yeah, I can live with that. I can live with that. All right, fair enough. If you can, then I can. Of all the things that don't make any sense in this film, there's the least. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's the least one that worries me. The Doctor returns a fluid link to the TARDIS. The Fowls give them some tourist stuff hats, t shirts, etc. <laughs> some crappy capes. Some capes. <laughs> the Doctor's going, Can we not have more of those drugs, please? <laughs> yeah. He's like, No, you, you can have the capes. The Liberace tour never happened. We've got loads of them left over. <laughs> Doctor, Ian, Barbara and Susan re-enter the TARDIS and set a cast for home. The Doctor says, we're back where we started. Ian opens the door and sees some implausible footage of Roman soldiers advancing towards the TARDIS. And it's about four foot too high, this footage, isn't it? They'd, yeah. they'd, he'd be lying on the floor, wouldn't he? Yeah, the camera angle's from the floor. It's clearly from something else. I don't know what mm-hmm. it's from. And then we finish with Ian panicking in a comedic manner. And that's the end. That's the end of Doctor and the Daleks. Yeah. So, Paul, as a big Whovian that you are... Mm-hmm. Carl, you voted me now. What did you think of Doctor Who and the Daleks? Well, for me, this is always Saturday morning um, viewing. I don't mean by that I watch it every Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> just, just you in your pyjamas, a cup of cocoa, settling down to a good morning of Doctor Who and the Daleks, Absolutely. followed by an episode of Penelope Pit Stop. <laughs> yeah, and, and then uh, Tiz Wars and then a roll of Chewits. A Rent-A-Ghost. No. Rent, oh, rent a ghost. That's got to be one that we've got to do. No, but by the Saturday morning, what I mean is, I mean, I probably saw this movie for the first time in the hi- summer hiatus when maybe Swap Shop or Saturday Superstore was on TV when the BBC used to show a movie in the mornings. Hmm. And I don't know, I probably watched it numerous times when they repeated it over and over again, and it was always, it always seemed to be on a Saturday morning. And, uh, yes, I am a Who fan, and for all the, the stuff that irritates me about it, the fact that it's it's not canon and, you know, he, he's not a Time Lord and it isn't the TARDIS interior and, and the, all the liberties that they took with the story. It's colourful, it moves along really, really fast. Peter Cushing's fantastic in it, as he always is in everything. And it's just it's just really good fun. It's silly and it doesn't make any sense, it's stupid. But it's just a good kids movie, I think. I really, really enjoy it every time I see it. For all the fun that I poke at it and all the things that irritate me. For me, it's a hit. Is it Doctor Who, though, for you? No, it's not Doctor Who. Okay. 
he doesn't really do much in the film. Oh, he does hardly anything at all. In fact, Ian's responsible for ultimately defeating the Daleks, isn't he? Yes, but you don't think it's a good Doctor Who, like a good no, Doctor no, Who story. Just, you, you just think it's yeah. a good, fun film that's you separate from the whole Doctor Who. Yes, I, I, it's a completely separate entity. It's not Doctor Who. So what do you think? It's funny because I'm not as big a Hugh fan as you are. Mm-hmm. But I, I grew up watching the show, and in, in the 80s I constantly watched it. Mm-hmm. But I started to watch it ironically. Yes, I remember. You know, I, I remember those made, conversations. Made fun of it a lot, but still mm-hmm. watched it. And I must say that the films, I've probably seen more than the episodes of the show. Okay. And as Doctor Who has come back and become a big success around the world, which is bizarre... <laughs> For Who fans as well. Yeah. I realise how not like Who this film is, how different mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you, I enjoy it as a film in itself. And when we've all listed all the stupid things about it. Mm-hmm. But there is something fun about it. Like you said, it's colourful. It looks fantastic in widescreen, and mm-hmm. especially in HD now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I would say that this one... And, and I have a caveat because... In the back of my mind, I think the second one is better than this one, but I have a feeling that I'm going to be wrong. I don't know, because I have the exact same feeling that the second one is the superior movie. Yeah, so, but I, I wonder about that. So that'll be interesting for a future podcast. Yeah, I think maybe we, we need to revisit this incarnation of Doctor Who and look at look at the second movie. Yeah, at some I think point. so. But for me, this one, yeah, it's a hit. And two hits? Yeah. We haven't had that for a while. That's good. So that's it for Doctor Who and the Daleks. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to suggest a film or TV show, or even just write and say hi, then you can reach us at retrospection at email.com. And you can, of course, listen to us on iTunes and please rate and review us. That would be nice. You can also pick us up on the Google Play directory, Stitcher. Um, you can find us at Retrospecky on Twitter and you can find our Facebook page as well. You can also hear all the themes and songs from the TV shows and films that we've reviewed on Spotify and our special Spotify playlist just for you. Just for me? No, not for you. I thought you were talking to me. For our wonderful listeners. Join us in our next episode when we'll be doing part one of our review of Miami Vice, the TV series from 1985. Two-part special. That's right, because the show is so big that it takes even longer for us to talk about it. (laughs) So you've all got that to look forward to. Lucky people, (laughs) lucky people. Thank you for listening to Retrospection. Bye. Bye. Who's who? Who's who?